from Car Rigs and Ingram, this is It Figures, the CRI podcast, an accounting, advisory, and industry-focused podcast for business and organization leaders, entrepreneurs, and anyone who is looking to go beyond the status quo. Welcome in. This is Matt Taylor. I work in uh, healthcare accounting at Car Rigs and Ingram. I work in our Aniana office, currently have 13 years experience. And with us today, we have Jonathan Thomas, who also works in the uh, Aniana office. Jonathan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Uh, uh, I've been working in the industry for approximately 22 years. Uh, I've been with the uh, Aniana office of CRI close to uh, 12 years. Um, our office is unique in that we have going on 35 to 40 years of relevant experience in the industry that we're going to talk about today. And I think that we have some good insight that we could give uh, everyone that is interested in our topic, and it would be uh, very beneficial. All right. So you mentioned our topic. Let's go ahead and, and break the news, Jonathan. Uh, the topic today is how does skilled nursing care facility prospective payment model, which we will refer to as PDPM, uh, affect the long-term outlook for nursing homes, especially with the aging baby boomers. And so let's get it started. Jonathan, tell us, what is PDPM? Sure. Uh, PDPM is uh, the acronym for Patient Driven Payment Model. Uh, CMS, which is the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, introduced this uh, proposal back in April of 2018 with the implement implementation in October of this year, 2019. Uh, it was effective October 1, and it has gone live. Uh, the, the premise behind this new model uh, was that it would be focused on patient-driven quality care uh, that is to be given by uh, the nursing homes and skilled care facilities. It was intended to be the early, uh, I guess, figures or results was that this <clears throat> new payment model was to be budget neutral. So depending on where you live in the country or where your provider is, uh, some states are experiencing an increase in reimbursement while others are neutral and others are losing. So it's uh, up to uh, those providers to analyze and, and realize, you know, what kind of impact this is going to have on our uh, industry and our facility. All right. So, so uh, you've touched on it a little bit, but what are some of the key drivers in changing their reimbursement model um, with PDPM? Okay, well, we went to uh, 1997, uh, CMS implemented what we call the RUG uh, classification system, and that grew to be about 66 different types of uh, reimbursement models or payor uh, types that a nursing home could experience. Well, this is a, um, a very different model in that uh, th they uh, built it to include uh, five different case mix areas, such as PT, physical therapy, uh, speech therapy, occupational, uh, that would then drive the assessment of each resident. And there are upwards of 28,000 different possibilities of how a, a nursing home provider can be reimbursed from CMS for providing Part A therapy care to a resident. Okay, so much more complex than our typical or historical rug scores. 
Oh, very much so. I mean, it, it's going to be a challenge for those providers to figure out when, when a resident is to be admitted, what am I going to get paid? Uh, you know, they have to ensure that their staff is adequately educated to ensure that they are uh, filling out the documentation and assessing the resident correctly so that uh, there's no missed opportunities for reimbursement and documentation is, is critical. Uh, and it's and it's very uh, important that they follow those guidelines that CMS puts out uh, for documentation and filling out uh, their uh, MDS, which is their um, data system where they evaluate these residents, which feeds into the payor system. Okay. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about some of your experiences with owners or administrators trying to implement this new model. Yeah, I think uh, probably the bigger challenge is education. This this is all new to everyone. Um, you know, like I said previously, we're going from 66 different possibilities to 28,000. Uh, there are certain areas of this MDS form that I mentioned er- earlier that uh, they need to pay particular attention to um, certain sections that are the drivers and how uh, they are to be reimbursed for a certain patient. Um, you know, they are going to have challenges to say, okay, within the first few days of a resident being admitted, what am I going to get paid? Uh, and they have to, in turn, be able to control their cost as far as salary, any contract therapy, and make sure that they're not losing very much amount of money on any particular resident. And they have to learn uh, the system to where they know, okay, resident that has these certain criterias or characteristics coming from a hospital setting, they know, um, well, I'm possibly going to lose money on this resident or I'm going to make money. Well, and you brought it up. Uh, therapy plays a key part. And it was one of the major changes in PDPM, uh, the, the evaluation of, of the therapy and the role of the therapy company in our long-term care facilities is going to change. That's right. And and we recently have had uh, some experience in our office in helping providers negotiate um, these therapy contracts with their uh, physical therapists and such that, um, you know, not knowing what potentially you're going to get paid based on those patient characteristics, they've been able to um, negotiate 90 day or six month contracts to say, Okay, well, the therapy company also is being affected by this uh, new uh, payor system. And, you know, everyone wants to win. And uh, so it's been able to provide quality care at a cost-effective way. Okay. All right. And I guess uh, one of the final questions, we've talked about it a little bit, but what are some of the demands that baby boomers place on the long-term care industry? and, And how does that relate to PDPM? Uh, I think baby boomers, uh, as everyone knows, you know, that's the generation that was born the 15 to 20 years after World War II. Um, they currently uh, represent 15% of the population. So that's folks that are over the age of 64. That is expected to grow uh, in 2060 by 98 million, which would represent 25% of the population. Baby boomers are unique in that they are living longer, they are active, and they are independent. Um, so as far as uh, 
care in the nursing home setting, they want uh, things that are convenient and they want to have options. Uh, they want, uh, there's more of a focus on the technology side of being treated in, in a nursing home and, and they want things that are efficient and effective. Uh, I think this is going to lead to shorter stays uh, for residents in a nursing home. So those providers uh, have to be uh, adapting to that to where typically in the past, a Part A resident uh, would stay anywhere from 20 to 30 days. Now you're going to see more experience with uh, 10 days or shorter uh, because that optimizes the reimbursement uh, for them uh, for this PDPM model. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a um, not so much a strain on the system, but it's going to be uh, there's going to be a lot of people entering in uh, to this care avenue of being treated uh, at a nursing home. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us today, Jonathan. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add to this discussion about uh, PDPN? Well, I'd like to finally add that, you know, us at CRI, we can offer a, a range of uh, opportunities and, and services to our clients. Uh, I think in this uh, particular arena, there's ways that we can provide analytics and data analysts analysis, excuse me, and uh, we've got experience already in pulling that data uh, into a um, data science extrapolation to where we can provide owners and administrators and leadership with that real-time knowledge of, okay, this is what this is doing to your facility, and this is uh, the cost of what that treatment is causing. So we can, uh, with our experience in the industry, I think we can be a definitely an asset to our clients. Well, thank you again for joining us today, Jonathan. We would like to thank our audience, too, for listening in. If you have any further questions or we can help, Jonathan and I are available, or you can visit our website, www.cricpa.com. Thank you very much. If you want more CRI insights or are interested in learning about our firm, please visit our website at CRICPA.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of It Figures, the CRI podcast. You can subscribe to It Figures on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a review. 